0: You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. I don't know about you, but I still get joy when I think about it. Because it was a marvelous thing that he did. I don't know if you feel me this morning, but... uh, uh, it was a wonderful thing that he did. Yes. I, I still get happy when it it crosses my mind because it was a glorious thing that he did. Oh yes, I I, I still rejoice when, when I think about how it had been a long week, you see, and on on Palm Sunday they celebrated it him and 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 then on that Thursday. Uh, they betrayed him. And on Friday, they crucified him. And on Saturday, he was in the grave. But early on Sunday morning, oh, what a marvelous thing. Early on Sunday morning, what a glorious thing. Early on Sunday morning, what a wonderful thing that that Jesus, he got up, and he got up with all power in his hands. Oh, I get happy, and I rejoice when I think about the goodness of the Lord and all that he has done for us, that he got up with all power in his hands. It wasn't just some of the power, but it was all power. Not just a part of the power, but all power. What a wonderful and glorious and marvelous thing that he did for you, And for me, oh, it was a dramatic Sunday, last Sunday, uh, full of of trumpets and harps and streamers, even a bit of Diana Ross. (laughs) Oh yes, today, beloved, we continue the story, but we pick up at a different place in the story After the drama of Easter Sunday morning, today the text takes us to Easter evening. And with the evening, things are a little bit more calm, a little bit more uh, serene. So I wonder today if we ourselves in this moment might be just a little bit more reflective. A little bit more contemplative as the significance of what happened on Easter Sunday morning continues to sink in to our spirits. Because in the evening on that Easter Sunday evening, the rhythm, you see it slows down just a bit. And with all of the hype that has happened earlier that day, with all the hype that happened last Sunday, today we might take a moment to metaphorically catch our breath. Because Easter, you see, it is a season that is marked by breath. Resurrection is our central story as Christians and last week on Resurrection Sunday, we asked the question, will you be resurrected? Because we declare that the resurrection of Jesus means very little if we do not live as resurrection people. Okay, okay, resurrection is not so much a historical moment or even a coming future in which the dead in Christ will rise, but resurrection is that the present posture of life's resurgence within this life. It is resurrection. It is God's radical and unwavering and uncompromised and unchanged commitment to human flourishing. If, 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 if God became incarnate and entered into the world so that we might have life more abundantly, if Jesus died on the cross exchanging his life for our life, then the resurrection, uh, the, the turning, the inversion of that crucifixion then is God's unwavering commitment, a promise fulfilled that, that life, it conquers death, and, and that gift of life that we might have life more abundantly is sealed for us. So resurrection the resurrection of Jesus then is not a divine transaction between a distant God and the Son of God. And in the scriptures, we find a model for what resurrection then means, uh, the resurrection of Lazarus, where God demonstrates, the triune God demonstrates that God is immensely interested in the human condition, in our earthly condition, and that, that Jesus calls the dead man Lazarus and tells him to come out and live again to come out and breathe again, which then is a model for us then to live again, to breathe again, to rejoice again, to dance again, such that we declare that Resurrection Sunday and this season of Easter is not simply about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but resurrection is about the resurrection of humanity. So then the resurrection of Jesus is read in light of Jesus's resurrection of Lazarus, which becomes the basis for us of living the resurrected life. So this Easter, we reclaim our resurrected breath. This Easter season, we claim a resurrection mindset that in the midst of death pays attention to breath. Because to breathe is to be resurrected. To breathe is to be alive. And since we are alive, we might as well live. Since we are alive, we might as well live. We're here, we're still alive. And today is the second week of Easter. And we pick up today where we left off last week. Yes, Easter is a season marked by breath. This simple statement actually is more uh, complicated, more, uh, a little deeper than it might appear at first. It's a a uh, two-part, two-fold statement that first Easter is a season and that it is a season defined by our breath. We're going to unpack it a bit. That that Easter is not merely a day, uh, but rather a season. And it's worth repeating this and keeping it in mind uh, because it helps us to to live out what we declare, that if we want a a resurrection spirit and Easter is an everyday practice, an everyday practice, then living into the spirit And the season of Easter helps us unpack a day into a lifelong practice an everyday practice. Think about it this way in the life of the church. In our preparation for Easter Sunday, uh, we had a wilderness journey called Lent, and it took 40 days. Right? It took 40 days of of going through the wilderness. But now this Easter season, the season that began on last Sunday, resurrection Sunday morning, and that extends to Pentecost Sunday, is actually 50 days. So in, in that, the way we model our season actually teaches us something about the conquering of death by life. That the 40 days that we went through the barrenness of the wilderness is actually overcome symbolically by the 50 days that we live in Easter. Yeah. So that if we took a long time uh, to get to Easter, we take even a longer time to live into Easter. That the 50 days overcomes that 40 days in uh, the 50 days that takes us from Resurrection Sunday to Pentecost Sunday, June 9th, where we celebrate the birth Of the church. And in that, the Easter season, that season we are in, it is measured from breath to breath. It's measured from breath to breath. What do I mean by that? Easter Sunday morning, Jesus breathes again in resurrection. On Easter Sunday evening, as we read in the text, Jesus breathes on to his disciples. So the day of Easter is a day of breath. And likewise unto it, the end of the Easter season, Pentecost Sunday, is when the spirit of God, the breath of God is poured out on all people. So we live right now in a season of breathing, which is in fact rooted in the very beginning. Because breath is the very root of life. Genesis, the first chapter, it says, in the beginning, uh, the Spirit of God uh, was blowing across the waters. The Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, uh, the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God was, was blowing across the face of the waters. And it is that same Spirit, that, that breath of God, that God blows into humanity when God creates us in God's image. So the spirit of God, the Ru'ai Elohim, is the breath of God that blows in us. So the spirit of resurrection, it moves across the world. It moves across the face of the world when we claim our life in the spirit, when we claim our very breath. The breath of God. Because life is about breathing. In many ways, it is the simplest thing. And still, one of the hardest things to control. Especially when we're afraid. Especially when we are anxious. Especially when we are alarmed and we don't know which way to go. Our breath, the simplicity of our breath, that thing that we do every day since we were born uh, becomes difficult to control. When we're afraid, two things happen. Uh, Our breathing, it changes. And often as a result of our fear and our anxious state, we close ourselves off. Right? It's a natural reaction, and in, in fact, a physiological response that, that when we are anxious and afraid, it triggers a, a preservation mold. And, and, and that's, that's all right, but there is something better, and that's what I'm pointing to today when we focus on that the breath of God. We're, we're pointing to a spiritual response that, that in the midst of fear, in the midst of alarming circumstances, we might yet still find our breath and we might find ourselves moving in the spirit of God that has a way spiritually of overcoming even the physiological and the physical response when we find ourselves in difficult situations. Because when we are afraid, our our breathing, it changes, and if we don't breathe, then ultimately we die. Biologically speaking, Dr. Joanna, you know what I'm talking about, right? Hyperventilation. When we're afraid, our breathing becomes too fast because we exhale more than we inhale, and we're not taking in enough good air. And then the opposite of that, when we're afraid, sometimes we hold our breath and our breathing becomes too slow. Uh, we've inhaled more than we've exhaled. So there's a carbon dioxide buildup in us and we're not getting in enough oxygen. We're not letting the bad air out and getting the good air in. So so right, so physiologically, our fear sometimes triggers a, a biological response. And when we are afraid, the text tells us we sometimes close ourselves off and we lock ourselves away as a mode of self-preservation. This is the underside of the Easter story that encounters us today. It's the underbelly of, of all the joy and the trumpet and the drama that the Easter story actually was also one marked by fear and worry and anxiety, right? Peter, we know, uh, denies Jesus three times out of fear of the empire, what, what, what the Romans would do with him if he's caught with this rabble rouser. So he denies Jesus three times out of fear. And then today's story, John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19, we find the disciples hidden away. They're hidden away out of fear of the empire. Beloved of God, I wonder today whether sometimes we hide ourselves and lock our hearts up because we are afraid afraid to lose something that we hold close to us, afraid of of too much change and transition. So we close ourselves off. And in that closing off, we might lose sight of the new life that always springs forth among us. You see, the the experience of loss sometimes becomes so traumatic uh, that it causes us to die, that psychic death when we lose one's mind. A social death when we lose one's connection to community and even a spiritual death when we lose one's direction. We lose sight of one's way forward because we've closed ourselves off because we are afraid and we're anxious and we want to preserve ourselves. This is what happens to these first disciples. They lost their savior. They saw him crucified and they locked themselves away. But you see, even it, it, they locked themselves away, and, and because they had those images of death, they were traumatized by what they saw. And, be, and locking themselves away, they almost missed the resurrection. Yes. Right? And closing themselves off, they almost missed the new life that was springing forth even in their midst. But I'm so glad today, beloved, that, that even yes. though the disciples, they locked themselves away, that Jesus is the key. Yes. Yes. Even when they had closed their hearts, even literally the the place where they were staying, they locked the door. But Jesus, the key, walked right through those closed doors. Jesus enters a locked house. He enters the locked house. Which is for us good news because even when we have a natural and physiological response uh, to trauma and fear and anxiety, Jesus can still break through it. And and when Jesus breaks through uh, the fear and the locked doors of this house, he says to them one time, peace be with you. He says to them a second time, time, peace be with you. And he says to them a third time, peace be with you. Jesus said, "Peace be with you, and as the Father has sent me, so I have sent you." And when He had said that he breathed, yes. he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit." Yes. Anxious people, fearful people looking for peace. Jesus shows up, walks through locked doors, says one time, peace be with you. Two times, peace be with you. Three times, peace be with you. And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. So here's the connection. There is a connection between our peace and our breath and the Spirit of God. There is a connection between the Ruah, Elohim, the breath of God, and our breath and the peace that we desire. That that proper breathing leads to what Paul describes as that peace which surpasses all human understanding. Proper breathing, beloved, is the source of our peace. And we find balance. And we maintain equilibrium by regulating how we breathe. That peace, it begins inside. As we'll sing in a moment, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. When all around you is full of war and turmoil, uh, it it might seem like we can't do anything in the face of all the wars and rumors of war, but sometimes all we can do is to keep breathing. Yes, yes, yes. And in keep breathing, we proclaim even a counter-reality that the Spirit of God is still Working. And when we ground ourselves to that Spirit of God in the midst of trouble, we keep breathing, and that our peace it emerges from the inside out, from our breath, which is the Spirit of God. So if we want to see change in the community around us, in our church, in our neighborhood, even in our world, then it begins with that simple declaration of us living that resurrected life. And each day we proclaim in our living, in our breathing, that we claim that resurrected breath, that life in the spirit, and we counteract being afraid. That we are not held captive to self-doubt and worrying Because we continue to breathe and we call on the spirit of the living God, this is what is meant when we talk about claiming a resurrection mindset. It's a resurrection mindset, that practice of paying attention to our breath and grounding ourselves in an everyday movement that every morning we are mindful of the source of our strength Mm -hmm. and the strength of our life just by breathing and we pause and give thanks every morning even before we get out of bed, before we, we, we turn on our phones and, and, and look at all the things that, that we have to do today. We, we claim our peace, we claim our center, and we find our balance by focusing on the breath because the breath that we have is a gift from God and Jesus is our peace. And our grounding. And if trouble should rise up during the course of the day, we just pause and take a deep breath. And remember that there's something inside of us that is more than us. And it's the spirit of God, the very breath of God at work within us. And that spirit will sustain us no matter what comes our way. So the peace I desire in the world begins inside when I practice who I am and the gift that God has given to us. And that peace we desire in the world, it begins inside and radiates from the inside out. So, beloved of God, above all, through all, because of all, just keep breathing. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.